to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. I've been doing this podcast since September of 2012, and boy, are my lips tired. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And once again, we have a special guest joining us today. Her name is Ann Hintz. And I have to tell you, and with the moment that I saw your your little description about who you are and what you do, because we we met through a platform that I've been using quite a bit lately, and, and you're on called Podmatch, and your description grabbed my attention because you have engaged in a behavior that I have tried to do in the past with some degree of success, but I haven't had a whole lot of guests who do this, basically being able to use the power of your mind to go in and, and directly heal parts of your body, among other things. I mean, you have a lot of other things you're able to do, too. But when I heard that, I said, we got to talk. So welcome to the program, Ann Hintz. Thank you. It's great to be here. Where exactly are you located? I'm in Northern California. I'm actually Northern from California. England, so I have a kind of mid-Atlantic accent. That's all right, yes. Well, actually, I have um, one, two, three co-hosts who are originate from the U.K., so we're fine. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I even understand the accent. So, <laughs> so anyway, give, give us a little bit of background, you know, who you are, where you come from, and, and how you've developed this really remarkable ability of yours. Well, thanks. Um, well, I'm, I'm just a mother that lives in California. I had a lot of trauma in childhood, you know, many different things. You know, the more I talk about it, the more I, I say the different things so that people can understand actually what happened. Mm. So I, I was born with my right foot up against my right shin. So the wow. first six weeks of my life were physical therapy. Oh my. And I had to have that before I was actually given over for adoption. That was the plan. Oh, um, wow. And then I was adopted into a family who had, they had an older boy that they had adopted two years earlier. And then they adopted another little girl. And back then in the, in the, in England, at least, um, that birth mother could change her mind up to six months. And this mother oh. changed her mind at six months. Wow. So they had had this baby girl, you know, they'd done all that baby stuff the first six months of life. And then that she was taken away and I was the replacement. Oh my. So they had to go through that whole six months again, you know, Right. <laughs> yeah. And not being sure whether I would also be taken away. Right. They they had that trauma in them. So, wow. you know, that was the that was the the first traumas in my life. You know, then we we moved to Barbados. Then we moved to home, um to Sierra Leone in West Africa. Oh. And when I was there, these are kind of my first memories. Is I remember waking up one morning and finding there were flames coming in through the ceiling. Oh wow! And so I. You know, told my dad there's a fire in my bedroom, which he didn't believe me at the time. You know, that was, oh, good grief. Wow. <laughs> I was another one of those beliefs I programmed into myself. And um, and then we moved to Hong Kong. And when we were in Hong Kong, when I was nine, I was sent to boarding school in England. And it was a boys boarding school because my brother mm. was there. So mm. I was the first girl boarder at a boys wow. boarding school. Wow. And I was teased mercilessly. For oh, I'm sure. Years. Yeah. So um, there was more trauma. And then <laughs> in my teenage years, uh, both parents became alcoholics. So living at home was, was hell. And my mm. dad had anger issues. So I kind of closed off. I actually kind of stopped talking because there was no point giving my opinion because for one, he teased my voice. And for another, my opinion was always wrong. So what's the point? Mm -hmm. of it? You know, yeah. so, uh, there was more there. And then when I was 19, I woke up one morning and found my mother dead in the bathroom. Oh. 
And that was the big trauma, you know, but I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know what to do with it because we never, we never talked about anything. Mm. You know, we never talked about emotions. So I didn't even know therapy existed. I didn't know what it was. I just carried on because that's what we did. Sure. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't until I was in my late thirties and I was a stay at home mom with two young boys that I had like a business altercation with a couple of other mothers. They thought I'd done something wrong. I didn't think I'd done anything wrong. And my mind just kind of went out of control. It just kept spinning over everything that happened, what they said. You know, I just couldn't get over it for days. I couldn't sleep. Wow. And that's when I kind of recognized, well, it kind of feels a little bit like how I'd react when dad would tell me I'd done something wrong. Mm. So that was my first inkling. Oh, maybe I need to look at something from my childhood or maybe something's still affecting me. But even then, I didn't know how, what to do about it. And it was sure. around this time frame that I had a doctor's appointment. Don't remember what it was for, but my doctor recognized I was more stressed than I should be. So mm -hmm. okay. he asked me on a scale of zero through 10 how stressed I was, and it was an eight. And then he asked me why. And that's when I realized that the tears from my mother's death, which was now two decades earlier, was mm. still just under the surface. Wow. Any thought so, I had about that event, they would just come back to the surface. Yeah. You never had a chance to deal with it. Yeah. No, no. So he used this technique with me. It's called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. Also yes. called tapping. It's well known, right? Lots of oh, people yes. know about it. They used it with me for about 15 minutes and I walked away from the appointment being able to tell the story in my mind of her death with no emotions there, no tears there anymore. Which was different, I'm sure. That was a very different experience. It was such a shift. It was major. So I went home and I learned how to do it because the person who developed it, Gary Craig, gave it away to f for free. So mm -hmm. one could learn it. Right. And I have an engineering background. I was a software engineer. I like to know things work before I invest <laughs> my time in it. So at that time, we had a 17-year-old cat at home who was failing, and we'd been told he needed a daily saline shot. So the first time I gave him one, my hand was just shaking. It was like crazy. Mm. I wasn't going to be able to do it every day because I was just too afraid of doing it. So sure. I thought, well, this is a great test case. So I tapped. I tapped about my hand shaking about my fear of hurting my cat and about all the memories I had around injections because I had had many because we'd lived in all those different countries. Mm -hmm. And then the next day when I gave him the shot, it just slid right in. My hand had no, there was no fear left in me. And it wow. was such a huge, huge shift that that's when I realized it's a really deceptively powerful technique because it doesn't really look like it's doing much, right? just tapping on our, right. our body as we're talking through something. Yeah. But that's, I really realized, okay, really, it really makes a big difference. And I had so much fear inside of me that I knew I had to do something. So I started using it every day. So cool. I, I didn't realize that it was tapping that you're doing the EFT, which is great. I mean, certainly something that we've talked about numerous times here on the show. Uh, but what a cool result. I mean, I've heard some pretty cool stories. Let me tell you, I've, I don't know if you're aware of my background, but I've been doing this show for almost 10 years now, almost actually over 1600 episodes. So a lot of conversations. And yet that's one of the more dramatic ones that I've heard being able to, to use it to eliminate an emotional tie from 20 years earlier to your mother's demise. I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty big. 
Yeah, and the cat one was so simple, right? So and it by comparison, so yeah, it, it was actually a fairly significant one. But by comparison to the other, it was like, oh well, that was just like a sideline. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it showed me the freedom was on the other side. Yeah, right. And all I had to yeah. do was get through that emotion and just let it leave my body because it had been stuck inside of me. And once right. I got to the other side, it just felt so free. So I wanted, I, I started using it every day. And yeah, the, the hard part is actually catching yourself when you feel emotional because we right. get so caught up in the emotions. So, you know, it, it was a progression. The first day, maybe I only noticed one time and tapped on it. And then mm-hmm. maybe, you know, the two times the next day. But as I worked through it, I felt myself becoming more calm, which was my goal. My goal was always inner peace. And that's what I've been searching for this whole time. And I, I could feel it happening and I wanted more. So what I did is I wrote down every emotional memory that I could remember from my childhood and my earlier life. And I wow. tapped, tapped through one each night for about an, really? hour, about an hour to an hour and a half each night until I wow. got through them all. Wow. How many were on the list? Do you know? <laughs> it was several pages. I don't remember. Wow. Wow. But I felt my mind becoming quiet. I remember opening my kitchen door and saying to myself, I feel like I'm living in a different reality because my mind, which used to be talking all the time, it used to be criticizing me and judging other people. It wasn't doing it anymore. Those, those right. words had gone. And I realized that's when I realized that the words that I had been using were the ones I'd been programmed with in childhood. Most sure. of my, my dad's. And I would just replay them over and over again without realizing that that was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Very cool though. What really interesting how you're using EFT for that. I, again, we've talked about a number of different ways to quiet that voice. Um, my, my own way, I, the way I did it was with mirror work along the lines of what Louise Hay had uh, wrote about in her book. Um, others have used different kinds of methods to hear EFT being used for that. Oh, that's just okay. That's cool. One more tool in the tool bag there. Because <laughs> right. that's a big deal. Getting rid of that voice, especially if, if that voice has been haunting you for a long time when it finally goes away. I don't know about you, but for me, when it finally went away, I didn't notice it first. I was so used to it being there. I just kind of assumed it was always there. And then one day I, I was doing a 30 day program for myself of just doing the mirror work every day by day 17. All of a sudden, I noticed, wait a minute, that voice is a little bit fainter than it used to be. No, it could be just my imagination. No, no, that really is fainter. And then by 25, it was really faint, day 25. And by day 30, it was gone entirely. And even on day 30, I woke up that morning. Um, I did my usual mirror exercise. I started doing stuff. And then I had to kind of stop and say, oh, wait a minute. There are no voices there. It's quiet. It's yeah. quiet. And, and I've had some people say to me that they, they think they're bored, right? But, but really, yeah. they're, they're peaceful. Either, sure. they, just, they just don't know what peace feels like. Right. So it's a new thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you almost have to get used to being healthy. <laughs> it is different for sure. And it was, it was really cool to experience that difference. And I wanted more, right? I realized that what EFT was doing was kind of opening up the subconscious mind. Sure. And bringing it up and actually allowing an expansion of awareness. Now, we use mm-hmm. that. You probably use that term a lot. But when I started, I didn't really know what awareness meant. And mm-hmm. I have a deep, deep understanding of it now. But to begin with, I wasn't aware of how I felt. I wasn't aware of my emotions, right? Someone mm-hmm. asked me, how are you feeling today, Anne? And I wouldn't know. 
Oh, I would probably gave the scared answer. I'm okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. 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 So as I did more and more of this work, I became aware of how I was feeling. But but there's a deeper level. That's kind of more of a surface level of awareness. There's there's several deeper layers to that. And the next layer is being aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions. Right. We tend to use the words. We use the word sadness, anger, frustration. But what we're really describing is a set of physical sensations, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine you're feeling frustrated. I can feel tension in my torso when I'm thinking or feeling frustration. Sure. And I became aware at that level. Now, as I went through this process, I was actually in a group and we were studying A Course in Miracles. And oh, okay. the, guy, the guy in the group, kind of the, the guru, I thought he was the leader of the group. He would say every week, you don't need to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. So that's when I was kind of starting with this tapping journey. I didn't know what my feelings were, so I couldn't possibly do that. But as the weeks went by and I became aware of my feelings, I started and I decided one day I'm actually going to try and do what he said. So what does it mean to feel your feelings? So I was at the kitchen sink. I was doing the dishes. I would notice that I was thinking a thought that had emotion underneath it or attached to it. And I would, okay, feel those feelings. So with me, it would be often be fear and I would feel it in my stomach. So I realized to hold my awareness on those physical sensations, I would actually have to stop. Because if I moved, if I kept moving or kept breathing, I could no longer find it because that tension was so used to being suppressed that it would just be squirrely and it would move away. So I actually had to stop myself and hold myself like a statue. I'd stop moving and I would stop breathing. I wouldn't take a deep breath. I would just stop breathing wherever I was when I could feel that tension. And by this time, I was actually able to hold my breath better because I've left let go of so much tension. So it gets easier as you do it. And I would hold my awareness on the tension and I would talk to it because I want it just to be expressed. I want it just to feel safe to express itself, to be free. Oh, so what would you say? I mean, did you use words or was it just a thought process or well, both? I mean, both. yes, I'm, I'm talking to it. So, okay, I can feel I can feel this tension right there. I can feel you right there in my stomach and my solar plexus. It's okay. I'm just gonna feel you. I don't want to suppress you. I just want to accept you and allow you to be felt. Mm-hmm. And then at some point I would need to take a deep breath and or there would be a release and I would take a deep breath. And that was a release of tension. Then I would think the thought again, feel it again and let it go. And I would do it over and over again until that thought no longer has the emotion attached to it. Sure, And, it, yeah. and it's free. At that point, it's free. Right. You're basically releasing an, what was probably an emotion that had kind of stuck there for quite some time. You were finally Absolutely. letting go of it. Right, yeah. right. So now instead of tapping at night, I would actually do this work, this release work at night. I would, I'd done so much of my, my uh, early years at this point that I started to work on more collective traumas. So I would mm-hmm. think about something like 9-11, feel all of those emotions inside of me, hold my awareness on it, talk to it, let it go and do it again and again and again until that tension had had dissipated. And at some point during this process, I actually realized I could keep my awareness inside my body after that tension had released, which was really weird. Never heard of this before. 
So I didn't really know what I was doing, but I kept playing with it. It was like a, a new tool I could look at. So I'd try and do it again. Okay, can I get my awareness back inside? And the only way I can kind of explain it to someone is, you know, imagine you've got a toothache or a stomach ache. You can feel, you can pinpoint it with your mind where that ache is coming from. But once the ache has left, you can't pinpoint it anymore because it's gone. Right. I, I could, I could keep my awareness inside the body at that point. Interesting. And so I'd start playing with it. I start moving my awareness around and, and like, well, what can I find out? So I recognized I could actually put my awareness on tension. I could feel the difference between tension and no tension. So I would hold my awareness on tension, do the same thing that I'd done at all these other layers. I would actually hold my awareness on it. There would be a shift. Then I'd do it again and again and again until the tension had released. So just doing the same thing, but a deeper level of awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would just play with this. I'd just keep doing it. And at some point, and it took months to actually be able to get into my head. Now, when I got into my head, it was different because when you say let's be let's be clear here when you say you got into your head what does that mean what describe what it is to get into your head the way you're talking about it well i'm not using my thinking mind so much as my feeling mind right i'm i'm feeling right you can Mm -hmm. put your awareness on on your left big toe right you can feel Mm -hmm. it you feel how it feels so i'm actually doing that inside my face so like i can got it put my i when I first started, I would put my awareness inside my cheeks, mostly one cheek, the place that was calling my attention the most. But when I did in my head, I was suddenly aware because I hadn't been aware before of how much pain and tension I held in my head mm. that I had no idea of before. Right. I'm now about you know, the late 40s, early 50s. And I've lived with this tension inside of my head for decades, and I had no idea it was there. Sure. That makes so, total sense to me. I, I imagine that there's probably large millions of people on this planet who have done the same thing. They've lived their entire lives, and they, they just you kind of get used to something. It's like it's been there all along, so you figure, oh, well, it's just supposed to be there. Right. Well, it's in our subconscious mind. It's been there all yeah. along, but we're kind of opening this process, is opening it up. So I was aware of this tension and then I would just start a little bit at a time, just focus on it, feel it, allow it, let it go. It would release and I'd do it over and over again. At some point I actually heard and felt something releasing and it sounded like old fabric ripping. Really? Yeah. It was, it was really weird at the time. I I wasn't sure if I was hurting myself, but I'd been on this journey for so long. I realized it was got to be the next step in the journey. But I did. Well, you were feeling really... comfortable. I mean, you've been doing yeah. this long enough now that you felt a, a strong degree of comfort. You felt mm-hmm. like, yes, I, I keep getting good results every time I do this. So you probably felt fairly safe with it, even though you had that weird sound. But still, yeah, I'm just releasing tension, right? So that can't yeah. be anything wrong with releasing tension, right? Right. But I did start researching it at that point, and I realized mm. it's actually my moving my awareness through the connective tissue, and that was a, a bond that had kind of released at a deep level. Wow. So I would just do this more and more. You know, I actually hear and feel that release dozens and dozens of times a day now because it's kind of increased um, more rapidly. So at some points, you know, I could actually feel my skull bones relax into a, a just more relaxed position. 
And so I, last year I had x-rays taken and I had comparison ones from 2013. So Ooh. to actually see the changes was really amazing because I knew things were happening, but I didn't know that my eye sockets could align. I didn't even know those bones shifted, but they wow. have. And my jawbone, which was way off to the side, is now much more centered. And my neck, wow. I've had scoliosis, I think, from birth, from my foot mm. being up against my shin. I think that kind of talked my body, and it's now untalking. So as a 55-year-old, I has grown half an inch, which is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that term, too, untalking. I mean, it, it, that's not a term I've heard before, but you get it. It's very evocative, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, we talk about, you know, with the law of attraction, we talk about alignment. I didn't know that we could physically change ourselves to be more aligned. But I would say that's what my skull has done and probably my whole body, right? I'm more balanced on the inside and more balanced on the outside. That is very cool. So, I mean, this has been a project that's been going for, what, 15 years, something like that? Yeah. Yes, it's my late 40s and I'm now 55, so yes. Okay, so 10 to 15. But still, I mean, that's a long time to be doing it. I I hesitate to say this, but it just seems like the natural thing to say. It's almost like the next level is yet to come. Absolutely, yes. I've still got a lot of tension inside. I'm I'm working at the level of the bones now. You know, it's really weird. I I can't actually tell what organ I'm in. I know where I am inside my body when I'm focusing. I know exactly where I am, but I can't tell the difference between an organ or just like muscle, anything like that. But I can tell the difference between bone because the density is there. So at this point, I'm working inside my cheekbones and inside the roots of my teeth and my palate, releasing the tension there. I've had, I've had like three lots of orthodonture in my life, like for for more than a decade over my life. So I've got a lot of tension that's been stored in there that I'm releasing um, you know, daily. So, yeah. Wow. That is very, very interesting. So as you, as, as you go through this process uh, and you're working through your body, well, first of all, I, I, I got a question I have to ask first. So I'm going to take a step back. You just talked a moment about how you, you, you can differentiate easily between bone and other tissue, other, uh, different kinds of tissue. Sometimes it's, it's harder for you to tell the difference, but you can differentiate bone because it's denser. But we're doing this or you're doing this through just mental attention. How do you, t- how, what, what, what's telling you? What's the signal that's telling you this is dense, this is not? Oh, that's, that's a really interesting question. I don't, I don't know. I can just feel it. I mean, I'm, <laughs> actually, I'm actually feeling in my body, you know, I, I'm feeling the bone i'm feeling inside my bone i can feel that it's you know it's, it's got tension it's got pain in it mm. some places have pain some's just just tension but i can i can feel it release maybe and, it's the it's the maybe the idea is that the tension builds up in the bones maybe actually it's stored in the bones more than in organs and other tissues well i'm connect- guessing at this point i don't know the, right the connective tissue is through everything right we're so connected True. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it is right. So I'm releasing and I don't I only go to the place that calls my attention the most. And I had so much pain and tension in my left cheek. And so I will focus there. But that's not necessarily where it releases. It might release something in my foot. Right. Or it'll <laughs> often release something on my other cheek or in my neck. So I just go to the place that's calling my attention and 
leave the release up to my body. To figure it out, sure. Well, and, and what you're describing, certainly there are other um, uh, disciplines and so forth, you know, uh, acupuncture or Reiki or, you know, these various disciplines that have an understanding of the body being organized in meridians or sections or all kinds of stuff. And they, there's connections here that go down to the air and all that kind of stuff. So that part is, is familiar. I mean, certainly we've all heard stories along that line. Um, but it's also kind of fun because like you say, you're working on this area. And, well, something happened on my elbow. What was that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Um, do you get a sense as, as you've been going on this journey, do you get a sense that not only are you releasing all of the stuff that has been stored in your body, but also that as you release it, you are, oh, how do I want to say this? I want, I want to be a little bit careful because maybe I should throw in a medical disclaimer. We're not claiming to, to heal anything here, but um, it, it's almost like you're, you're, you're deliberately healing. That, that like, like you're going through and you are saying, okay, I'm going to heal this. I'm going to heal that. And I'm going to do it by releasing this, this tension or this pain that I detect every time that I detect it. Right. And, it's never and, intentional, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm only going to the place that's calling my attention, right? So I don't know. I think of us as just this huge onion. It's layer by layer by layer by layer. Mm. So many layers that you really have no idea how many layers there are. <laughs> but whatever's calling our attention is what needs to be focused on now. So we're releasing dis-ease at that level. Okay. Right? And then we're going to the next level down and releasing the next level of dis-ease in the body, right? It's just tension that's stored in the body. And all the way from the outside, right? Even working with EFT with words and tapping on the body, I believe is releasing physically dis-ease in the body. And then at the, right, the next level of feeling the, the, the physical sensations, that's also releasing dis-ease in the body. I'm just doing it at a deeper level now, but, but even those, you know, the techniques like the right. EMDR, the EFT, the, um, the acupressure, acupressure, all those techniques, I believe are actually working on the physical body and releasing dis-ease. It makes total sense to me. It really does. I think probably the most interesting part of all this is if there was, you know, I have to pick and choose, but for me, the biggest thing is that we've heard lots of stories. Lots of people have come onto the show and talked about various ways that you can heal yourself. You can release problems with the unconscious mind and so forth. We've even had references at time to how there can be layers of stuff. But I think you're the first person who's ever described going in and healing layer after layer after layer. I think you use the analogy of an onion to describe what it's like going one layer and then another layer deeper and another layer deeper and another layer deeper. Do you have a sense how deep that onion goes? <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> but no, you know, we, we have that that phrase, you know, God never gives us more than we can handle in any moment. True, and in, yeah. In terms of this journey, I believe it's absolutely true because if I had known how much pain and tension I had inside of my head when I started this journey, mm. I, I couldn't have survived. It was just so intense. But when I got to that place, I was ready for it. I knew how to work with it. And to let it go. So, yeah, there's. The, I've got a lot more to do because I know there's a lot of tension still inside of me. And I think all of us can identify with it. Even as you're talking right now, I'm I'm taking a little inventory. Like, oh, yeah, there's a tension in my jaw. I've recognized that one. And there's the one there back in the head. And I also noticed the thing that's going on in my belly. I've had that one before. I, I mean, I'm paying some attention to it as you're talking about it right now. So I know there's there's stuff in there to be released. Now you've described 
I, I think you've described two different ways to release one through the tapping the EFT and one through, I, I've heard various labels to describe this, but basically going in, feeling the pain until you feel it all out. And, and then it, it dissipates. Yeah, I call it feeling uh, your feelings. Feeling your feelings. Okay. So are those the only two you've done? Is there a third one that you've, a third modality that you've used or is it just those two? And of those two, which one's the, the one that you feel is the most effective, the most consistently useful? Those are primarily the two that I used. Um, mm-hmm. and they, they're different to me. EFT was really, really beneficial to begin with until I had that awareness at the physical level. Right. And, mm-hmm. and when, whenever I get caught up in emotion, I will still use it. And, um, I have a tapping group and I don't know if we're going to talk about current events at all, but I, I, oh, we can. Tapping well, group last night. I, we talk about anything. <laughs> okay. Good. I tapped about Putin. I, I went back and tapped about Hitler. Um, I, I tapped and I felt my feelings about both because they, they both work really well. The, the feeling of feelings is just for people who are already aware of their phys- physical sensations. Tend to be empaths, right? A lot of empaths are aware at a deeper level. They can feel things at a deeper level. So I think that technique works better at that level. Plus you can do that anywhere. People don't always want to be tapping on their head and their face in front of other people. So EFT is not necessarily useful when you're out and about. True. Yeah, that, that has a little bit more limited um, application period time. <laughs> Very true. I, I, also, from what you said, I think we could kind of draw the conclusion that the EFT is perhaps a little bit better when you're really not sure what it is that you're feeling, when you haven't been able to achieve that level of empathic uh, sensation yet. So right, it, 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 it looks like it comes first. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with my mother's death, I just talked through it. I talked through mm-hmm. everything that happened. Right. And maybe I could feel feelings as that happened. I'd stop if I felt feelings and then tap about the feelings and then carry on with the story and then go back to the beginning and do it again and again until it just became a story when it's all the tension and the emotion had left. It's interesting, too, because as you've described that story and all the different things that you've been describing here, when you get to a part where you have an improvement of some kind, some sort of release. Every time you do that and you describe that, you smile big, which tells me you're jazzed every single time that you, you achieve that. And that's what, that seems to be what draws you in. It's like, I want to keep doing this. It's getting better and better. I want to just keep feeling that again and again. It's almost like a drug. Right. Absolutely. It feels really, really good to release tension <laughs> that's been stored in the body for decades, right? How could it not feel good and feel a relief when that's gone? Yeah, it's it's what that's what kept me going along the path. It's like there was nothing else I wanted to do. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Now, I can also imagine that for some people, they would say, "Okay, I feel relief, and then I'm done." So you can work either way. And I I kind of suspect now this is I'm going to bring this in from a law of attraction point of view. I suspect what really happened here is not only did you feel the relief, you celebrated the relief, and because you were giving Focus to the celebration of the relief. You wanted to have more relief, so you got more opportunities to have relief. So you went to the next opportunity, you got relief. You did the same thing again. You celebrated the relief. So we got a, an LOA thing going on there, where you keep focusing on what you want and you keep getting more of what you want, and so it just becomes an ever expanding cycle that just builds its own momentum over time. 
Yeah, quite possibly. But the yeah. journey gave me a real, really different understanding of the law of attraction than I had before. You know, I'd done so? a lot of the positive thinking before. I'd done a lot of Abraham Hicks work before. Mm-hmm, actually, been mm-hmm. in her hot seat before. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I realized is that, you know, it's working all the time. I'm sure you're aware yeah. of that, right? Every second of every day, we are emitting a signal and we're attracting back into our future based on that signal. Right. And what I realized is the whole of us is a signal, is the signal, right? So it's everything about us. It's our, you know, it's our gender, it's our hair, it's our clothes, it's our thoughts. Yeah. But to me, based on what I've experienced, the biggest part of our signal, right? Think of that tension that I felt in my head. The biggest part of that signal is that tension we hold in ourselves from our past. That makes a huge difference on our signal, right? That's why we can't always get into alignment with what it is we're wanting because we got all these other thoughts and feelings from our past holding us back. So I recognize, okay, if I'm putting off a signal now and I'm going to, do I want this signal? Do I want to feel this way again in the future? I'd ask Mm. myself that during the day. It's like often the answer would be no, I don't. So then I have to do something about my signal right now because otherwise I'm going to get this feeling back again. So that's when I would, you know, even taking a deep breath is going to help. But I would tap. I would tap or feel my feelings because I want this feeling to change to more peace. I want to be more peaceful right now because then that's my signal and I'm going to attract more peace back to my future. So I worked with it at that level. As you're describing this, I'm reminded of, um, there, there's a gentleman, I don't know if you know who he is, his name is David Strickle, and he is a channel very much like Esther Hicks channels Abraham, he channels the stream. Uh, and he's been, he was a co-host on the show for about six months and he's a frequent guest. In fact, he's going to be on the show, um, two weeks from today. So that's going to be good to have him back again. Uh, but one of the things that he does, he, he has, uh, a, a, a whole program called Taya, Trust Your Abundance. And in that program, the, the, um, uh, the cornerstone of it is what he calls a boot camp. And in that boot camp, one of the things that you do is exactly what you just described about going in and feeling the feelings all the way through. And the purpose is to release all that subconscious stuff that has been haunting you from very early childhood. So, I mean, you basically are doing the same thing that he talks about and that he teaches in his program, which is fascinating to me that you, you, you do it a little bit differently from the way they teach it, but it's not all that different. It's actually fairly similar. Um, what is, what I, is very interesting to me is when you told the story about how the doctor recognized that you had this eight out of 10, uh, level of stress going on and that you needed to release it, he showed you the tapping. But what I, it is not clear to me is where did you learn to go in and feel through the feelings? Was that something you just kind of did intuitively or did somebody teach that to you or how did that work? Well, I had this guy in the class who said it's all about feeling your feelings. So, so it was the guy in the, the Course in Miracles class. Right, but he never explained it. And I can't even imagine why I never asked him. <laughs> but I guess I wasn't supposed to. I, but I you figured to, it out somehow. Right, I had to work it out. What exactly does that mean? Because, yeah. Yeah, I had suppressed so much. you know. So, yeah, but but every you know step of the journey beyond there has just been working it out and allowing, right? I know a lot of the law of attraction type work is almost trying to be, you know, kind of that toxic positivity type thing <laughs> where you try and think something, but when you're trying to think something, you're actually suppressing what you're actually thinking. So mm-hmm. all this work was actually allowing 
what I'm actually thinking or what I'm actually feeling. So, you know, as things went along, I just had to allow my body to do whatever it's going to do and allow the process to, to go. Cause actually the body does some weird things once it's releasing <laughs> stored tension that it's had for a long, long time, you know, things mm-hmm. start moving around and just releasing. And it's just a, a question of allowing it to happen is like, can you do that? It's, it's, kind of goes against what the mind wants to do, right? We, we don't, you know, the, the outer level, we don't even think we should think what we're thinking, right? So, you know, even with the things that are going on in Ukraine and around the world, the divisions that we're having, what, what the way I do it is actually allowing those feelings. So it's okay that I hate what's happening. Mm-hmm. it's okay that i hate those people that are thinking mm-hmm. differently to me just allow that hate to be felt because it's just stuck energy inside of my body and if i can allow it it will dissipate and the hate will be gone it won't be living inside of me anymore it'll be gone and that's going to change my signal to a much better signal this is really an interesting point and it's one that We've addressed it. We kind of come at it in a lot of different ways here on the show over the years. But it's the it, it's how do you distinguish between focusing on what you don't want to the point of building it up versus focusing on the thing that you don't want to the point of releasing it? Right. And that's a good question. Yes, you don't. <laughs> I don't want to focus on what I don't want. But if I do it while I'm tapping, I'm actually releasing it. There's a difference. I think there's also an intentional difference too. There, there's an, I mean, in your, your personal conscious intention, your, 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 your intention in one space is to build it up. I mean, I'm going to be mad at this thing and I'm going to keep being mad and I'm just going to get angrier and angrier because this thing just deserves endless amounts of anger. So I'm going to continue. And of course you build up anger that way. Right. You get as opposed to emotion. well, that exactly. Yeah. But as opposed to, I feel anger right now. I don't really like the anger, but. I also know I have to feel this anger through, so I'm going to allow that anger to be felt, but I'm not going to keep feeding it. I'm not going to keep throwing stuff into it. I just want to express it so that I can release it. I think that's really what the distinction is. Am I going to keep feeding it, or am I actually just willing to let it play itself out and be done? Right. But as I'm tapping, I can actually, I can try and bring it up. I can try and get as angry as I want to, to bring it up out of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But as I'm tapping, it will release that from the body. So it's like a quick release mechanism is what that is. It is like a yeah, yeah. quick release valve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a very it's a very subtle difference. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, definitely important to to understand it. Well, I I like having and I think all of our listeners too. We we have a very from a an LOA perspective, we have an, a very advanced audience for the most part. And so they have a lot of tools in their tool bag. Um, but it's always good to have one more tool or one more way of looking at even an old tool. And I think that's what you've given us. You've given us a really cool way of looking at a tool that to one extent or another, most of us has, have had a lot of us have tried, for instance, the EFT and a lot of people have had a lot of success with that. Um, so that's just one example of how it can kind of play out individually. But you've given us this idea that, well, not only can we use this tapping thing, not only can we feel feelings out, we can actually intuit our way to finding these things. Cause that's really what you did with the intuition part, with the, um, with the feeling it through part. You, you, yes, you got a clue from the guy who led the Course in Miracles group, but you ran with it in a way that a lot of the other people in the same group didn't do. 
I'm willing to bet that that's the case because I mean I've talked to enough people to know that's this is not the way people normally are able to to wend their way through. Well, you wended your way through and you actually found right to the core how to get to the core of what was going on with you and deal with it and and release it and get rid of it and get excited about it. That, that's a, that's quite an accomplishment. It really is. I had a real desire. I mean, I you know I've read a lot of the books. I've I've done a lot of the the spiritual reading work and. You know, I, I ask myself, well, so they they clearly believe what they're saying and it's not mm. working for me. So what is it they're seeing that I'm not seeing? Mm, right? yes. Abraham Hicks used to talk about waking up first thing in the morning, you know, before thoughts coming in, how good you, it felt. I mm-hmm. never felt good in the morning. What was she seeing that I wasn't, right? So how could I get to the place that I did feel good in the morning? And I realized it had to be something deep inside that I hadn't yet found. So, yeah. So I, I'm, I think it's a fair guess that you're going to continue to, to do this work internally on yourself. Do you have any sense of what is coming next? Because I, I just have this feeling of the other shoe waiting to drop. Like you, you have gotten this far, you've done a, a whole bunch of it intuitively with minimal guidance from outside. I, I just get the feeling that there's a next thing that you're going to discover. And I'm wondering, do you have any flavor of anything that's coming up next? Do you have any any <laughs> sense of anything? Uh, well, I believe I'm going to be able to get deeper and deeper into my body. So deeper and deeper into my skull. I, I know what I'm doing is what would be called using the inner eye, the third eye. Mm-hmm because I know where I'm looking from right? mm-hmm. and because I'm looking from one place to another place inside of me, I know I'm not my body. I know I'm just residing in my body. Mm-hmm. So i um, you know, the spiritual concepts um, are much more solid in me than, you know, ever before. I, I never understood this before. So as I get deeper and deeper inside, I, had, I do actually have a concept of what's what I'm going to find, but I'm not ready to share that yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> at least I, I'm not surprised that you have one, though, because when you start getting close to something, you get a feel for it. You, you just do. I don't yeah. care what it is that you're exploring. You, yeah. you, you get a feel for what's coming. Well, what I love is seeing there were, there were clues out in um, you know architecture. There, there were clues out from the past that, that I see now in a totally different way than ever before. So it's a really actually fun process to go through to start seeing where all these clues are around. So so give us like a, a clue about the clues. Get, describe <laughs> one of these clues that you've noted, you've drawn this connection with. Okay, I, I know without a doubt that um, cathedrals and churches are three-dimensional dim- three representations of a skull. Really? Really. I have no doubt. That is really interesting. That's very interesting. Are you familiar with uh, the work of Neville Goddard? Yes, yes. So you know his idea of God and and Jesus and all that being consciousness. So no, if you not, can sit, okay, yeah, not totally. Tell me. Oh, that, that that's like the basis of. Uh, I mean, everything that Neville did was was metaphorical. He used biblical stuff, but his whole purpose was saying, well, all this biblical stuff is really just a metaphor for this this dance that goes on within and about the conscious mind and how the conscious mind creates within the universe. Uh, so that, that's, that's Neville in a nutshell. And if I take that basic idea and apply it to what you're talking about, well, we can kind of draw a parallel. The idea of consciousness being God, Jesus, 
you know, all, all this stuff in kind of one great big shell like that, that kind of is, it's like, um, uh, ratio is the word that comes to my mind, but there's another one. I can't think what it is. You know, A is to B is C is to D, that kind of a thing. So consciousness is to God as the skull is to the cathedral. Like, oh, there's a thing going on here, right? Because the skull is kind of where, every, I mean, our consciousness does not exist totally in the skull. Obviously, it, it exists throughout our body, particularly in the heart. Um, but nevertheless, we associate it with the skull. And there's an association power going on there. So I can easily see an association going on with the skull turning into a cathedral because that just kind of carries on this theme, this kind of a subconscious theme. God is in the cathedral, just like the mind is inside the skull. <laughs> right. So then if you look in a cathedral, so where is the, the most holy place in a cathedral? Right. And be, that can be found inside the skull. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so that's a cool one. Give, give us another. I like that one, but give us another one. That's a cool. cool well, let me go somewhere part. that you just you just went to. So, okay, we hear about the heart, right? About the consciousness of the heart. But in right. my experience, right, I'm moving just through through the connective tissue. I don't feel anything different around the heart. Now, really? maybe it's because I haven't got there yet. Okay. But yeah, I don't. It's just I believe the connective tissue is where the soul resides. That's what I believe really? I am. I am working to release the bonds that holds the soul tight into the body. And I believe that's how the, we tune into spirit, but we, it's the ego, the bonds are the ego. So the, the tuning in isn't, it's not a good signal because it gets distorted by this tension held in the connective tissue. And as we release that, I believe we tune into spirit much more easily. Like there's less distortion because we've let that tension go. So, and I also believe that once the, the soul is very comfortable in this body, it will be quite happy to stay in this body for longer because we've let go of the dis-ease that it's holding on to. Because, you know, as we get older, right, we tend to get tighter, we tend to get shorter, we shrink because mm -hmm. we tighten down that connective tissue is pulling us tight. But if we let it go, if we release it, um, we're just going to be much more um, flexible in many ways, not just physically, right? I can actually move my neck now in so many different ways than I could before because there was so much tension in my neck. So I can actually mm -hmm. see from physical perspectives, different ways. And then also, you know, the metaphorical or whatever other word you would use to describe, I can see things from multiple perspectives. Wow, very nice. I like that. Let's look at that idea of the connected tissues, the connective tissues for a moment, because I get the very strong sense that there is an important piece here. The fact that they are connective certainly has to play a role in it because that's the connection is it, kind of intuitive. The moment that you have a connection, well, that's how stuff's going to transmit, right? If you've got, if you've got something going on that's been stored in a connective tissue, then anything that, that any kind of communication that goes through that tissue is going to be affected by what's stored there. So you basically have in, in, in electronic terms, and you mentioned you're a software engineer, by the way, I have an IT background too, so we should talk about that for a moment. But, you know, when, when you, when you have a signal going through and the signal is being resisted, because that's what you're describing, you're describing a resistance in the signal passing through the, 
the uh, the wire, <laughs> so to speak. Right, well, connective tissue. <laughs> the connective piezo, tissue. It's piezoelectric. It has an electric component to it. Okay, so I, I wasn't aware of that, but that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. What, what we're really talking about there is unlocking, removing the capacitors, taking all the resistance out of the connective tissue. And so the connective tissue starts to take on a different role, probably the role that was it was originally intended to play. Instead of the role that it has been playing, it plays a different kind of role. Yeah, and I believe that once we let go of all the resistance, right, which is our judgments around everybody, everything that's happening, we've got judgments around, which is resistance. Mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. let go of that resistance, then I do believe that feeling of being one with everything will be there because there will be no resistance between any of us. Now, I can also see, this would be more of a fear-based um, conclusion, I can also see somebody saying, well, if you remove all the, this, the connected tissue, you'll be dead, you won't be connected to the body anymore. <laughs> well, the connected tissue will still be there, it just won't be, there won't be any um, resistance in it. Ah, it'll still right. be there. Yes. Right, yeah, that's a good point. Very interesting. I, let, let me uh, go off on the tangent about uh, the, the software engineer background, because those of us who have some kind of a IT or a scientific or you know something that's a left brain kind of a background, this kind of conversation usually is pretty tough for somebody who comes from our perspective. Um, there are some of us who have been able to break through, but a lot of people resist it. Um, and I don't know even if you're still in the field or not, but what's your sense about how other people in the same field that you were in are either receptive or non-receptive or maybe not even aware because you wouldn't tell them of this kind of thing that you've been discovering. (laughs) Yeah, there are all sorts of people out there. So, yeah, there are a lot of resistant people out there. I I was kind of ambidextrous, you know, as a child. I'm also an artist, so I, I had, mm-hmm. I'm also a Libra. So, so you to go both have, directions. Yeah. Have that balance in there. But yeah, you know, good. do we have much time do we have left? We got about 10 minutes. Okay. So let me share this story from before COVID. Sure. Because I think it explains some of, of that. Okay. So um, at the beginning of this group I had, we would all sit in a semicircle and I would play a series of chakra chimes. And then we would open our eyes and we would share our experience. So what I've realized is now there are many different people. So there are some people, and this is where I started out, who can only hear the chimes with their ears. That's it. And then there are other people who can hear the chimes with their ears, but maybe they could feel some of the sound vibrations in maybe their head or some part of their body. And then on the other end of the spectrum, people who can hear with their ears, but also feel the sound vibrations throughout their body. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's where I am now. That Now, that's a completely different level of awareness. The, the people over here who can only hear with their ears, they don't have a depth of awareness. Right? They can only see from their own perspective. And on the other end of the spectrum are people who have this deep level of awareness. They can feel things at a much deeper level. And they also have all these different levels of awareness. So there are people out in society, even in the engineering arena, who can only have, they can only hear with their ears. They can just hear the words. Right. But they, they don't have this depth. And there may be some people in that arena who have a great depth of awareness. It's a good way when of you have it. This, when you have this understanding, you can you you can understand that we have many people 
in society mm. and not all of them will understand what we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. It makes total sense to me. In fact, but now there's people who who only have that that they can only hear with the ears. They now know there's this depth of awareness that they can aim for. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they may or may not be willing to accept it or even consider it. They may throw it out or they may decide to say, yeah, well, I'm going to explore that a little bit more. And you never know. It's going to be different from one person yeah. to the next. To me, that's why oh. the x-rays really helped, right? I actually have something physical. Yeah, physical evidence. Yeah. 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 Because that, that definitely appeals to the left brain knowing, oh, I've got evidence, solid evidence. I can point to it. There it is. It's incontrovertible. Right. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's really good. In fact, when you were talking about sound there and being able to hear with your ears or being able to hear with your body, um, sound is my strongest sense out of the five senses. And as a result, I mean, put it this way, a lot of people, probably a majority of people are able to literally visualize in their minds. I have a lot of trouble doing that. I have a great deal of trouble consciously creating images in my mind. However, I, it's really easy for me to create sound in my mind. I can hear entire orchestras. I can hear every instrument in the orchestra. And like you were talking about feeling it through your body, I can feel it from my toes to my top of my head, out through my aura. I can feel it all over the place. And as you're describing that, it's kind of reminding me, you know, each one of us has developed to a certain degree with each of our senses, with our willingness and our ability to delve into them and to delve into how much in tune we are with them. So I may not have developed the imagery ability very much, but I've developed the sound ability a lot. Nice. And that's a big deal because once you've identified what you have done well, now you know where to focus. Now we, now you know where to bring your attention. You develop the ability to feel your body, to basically feel every aspect of your body and work your way through and start breaking these old uh, stored negative energies that were in there, releasing them, getting them out of there. You discovered that this is something you can do and, and you went with it. You could just as easily have, have been like me, you know, unable to do the imagery and just gotten stuck on, well, you know, that's really cool, but I still can't get rid of the, I still can't create the imagery. So I'm just going to stop there. You didn't do that. You went with what your strength was. That's really cool. I was determined. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things I want people to realize is there is so much depth to life. Once you do this work, then the, there is without you, right? I mean, a lot of people are depressed these days. You know, they don't think as much to life. But there is so much more depth to life that is available mm. to people if they want to do this work, right? Yeah. I mean, life is fun now, right? I get all these synchronicities and it's just fun. My voice has changed, right? Because my skull, our skull is our echo chamber, right? That's how right. my voice comes out, kind of like the cathedral, right? Imagine right. people singing in a cathedral, right? So I've let go of so much tension in there. My singing voice has changed. I, I only ever sing to myself, but it's much better than it used to be. I, there were notes I couldn't get to before. So that tension has released, right? So that's fun. But the senses improve, right? I can taste, I mean, things just taste sublime to me these days. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. things improve. I, because I have that depth of awareness on the inside, I can actually see that on the outside too. I can see why things replay. I can see what's replaying. I can see the energy in what's happening. 
so there's just so much more fun in life and you feel lighter right i mean i know i smile a lot but good that's the healthy thing <laughs> my, the burden that i was carrying for yeah. all those years has has lifted and yeah. i do feel lighter so let's summarize because I know we talked about this at the beginning of the program, but uh, at the end, I always like to, to kind of revisit it. So let's describe again, what were the processes that you used so effectively and that you continue to use to this day, just so that we can kind of rehash that part. So I used EFT to accept my feelings as I felt them, the emotions, and to let go of my history. So tapping. Tapping. Mm -hmm. Then once I was aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions, then I would feel those sensations, just allow them to be and allow that to release and let go. Then I could get inside my body, do the same thing, put my awareness, my attention on the tension inside, hold it there until it would release and then just work with that at the deeper level. And then over and over and over again, just do it with, keep going back. Okay, here's something else. Now I'm going to work on it over here. Now I'm going to work on it over there. Now I'm going to work on this. Now you're just continuously working through the body. Right. And keep going. You know, these days I will watch the news. I'm ready to watch the news. I want to find out what triggers me. And so I will work. So you actually try to trigger yourself so you can get rid of the trigger. That's interesting. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's advanced. That's very cool. I like that. Okay. Well, we're, we're running out of time. We've got a couple minutes left. Before we go, um, do you have uh, ways for people to reach out to you? Because sometimes people have questions or they just want to talk and find out more about what you're up to. So how, how can people reach out? Yeah, I've got a web page and a uh, website and hints.com. And I've got a YouTube channel where I explain some of these things and have demo videos for them. Just look up cool. my name and hints. And I have a public Facebook page that I'm happy to um, interact with anyone. I love explaining things on there. And I have my book, which goes into the steps that I took in detail, along with the weird things that happened. And my, ah. and my take on the law of attraction and how this gets stored in us in childhood. So a book. you got to tell us. What's the name of the book? It's called A Pathway to Insight. A Pathway to Insight. I presume that's available on Amazon. Is it available in other places as well? It's mostly on Amazon, but you can ask mm -hmm. your local bookstore to order it. Oh, okay. All right. And I, I imagine it's available in both in, in printed form and ebook form. That's the way most of them it are is, today. Yes. Yeah. For those who are the audiobook listeners, do you also have audiobook version? I do not yet. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> so that's on the to-do list, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you reach a point where you, you, you feel really good about what's going on in the body, take a break and go record an audiobook for the audiobook listeners. They'll appreciate it. Plus you get more money for it because you can charge more for those because it takes more time to put them together. <laughs> No, seriously, this is this is great. I love what you've been doing. I love what you're sharing with us today. So thank you very much for the work that you've done for yourself, because that that's an important thing, but also for sharing it with the world, sharing it with us on, on this program. It's really, that, that's a wonderful gift that you're giving. So thank you for the gift. Thank you. I love sharing it. It's fun. I love deep conversation. Well, th that's our goal here. We, we subtitled this show, Your Daily Dose of Happy. So if we can come through the show and you're feeling better than you were at the beginning of the show, that that's a winning show. <laughs> Great. Thank that's the goal you. every thank single you. time. So, All right. Thank you very much for um, being on the show. Thank, by the way, I, I wanted to acknowledge Concetta and uh, Rita in the live stream were sharing some comments while we were talking there. Um, and uh, Rita was particularly appreciative. She was saying this is fascinating. She was loving the talk. So more feedback from there. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere, because without you, we wouldn't have a podcast. And we will see you all next time here on LOA Today.
Goodbye, everybody.